0: Hey, everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P dot Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, Exit Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. I'm very happy this week to have a very good and old friend, Mr. Uh, Fake Name Morgan, calling us from L.A., and he is an attorney, and so today we're going to inspect the morality of a real, live attorney, a profession that often gets a, in my opinion, bad reputation. So, Morgan, welcome. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And uh, we're old friends, so we've had many talks before in the past, especially on car rides, about all things philosophical. But today I'm just going to kind of guide you into answering questions about it. And uh, feel free to say whatever you want and whatever your opinions are. And then hopefully we'll connect all that to the legal world, uh, both here in the United States and across um, Earth. So my first question would be, uh, just so people can get familiar with you, uh, how old are you, where did you grow up, and what generation do you think you belong to?
1: Uh, Well, I'm 41. I grew up in uh, Philadelphia, so I'm originally from the East Coast, now living here on the West Coast, and I don't know, I, I think I'm Generation X. I consider that, even though I was young in the 1980s, I consider that to be a lot of my formative years, the movies, the music, kind of everything that was happening in the world in the 80s is where I kind of feel that my view of things was formed.
0: And do you remember um, how young you were when you first decided you might be interested in a career in law? <laughs> uh, that
1: depends on who you ask. Uh, I don't I don't remember saying it when I was uh, three years old, but apparently I looked pretty good in a three-piece suit, and I like to argue a lot, so uh, I may not have known it, consciously but i think subconsciously when i was very young
0: and uh as far as like philosophy and morality goes were you raised jewish or is that just more of a cultural title
1: i would say cultural i've even had that conversation with people recently and i think that that's the the official definition for the way that i do things is it's more cultural than anything else
0: so do you at this stage of your life at 41 do you have any sort of like uh dogmatic ideology you believe in meaning like a term that you could apply to your philosophy
1: No, other than spirituality, other than saying to people, I'm a spiritual person, I believe in certain things, I believe in certain powers, but I don't have any formalized religion or system that it fits into. Got
0: it. And um, do you remember when you started to use the word spirituality, when you started to even like have these concepts? No, definitely as an
1: adult, uh, maybe maybe after college, after really stopping to think about what systems and things I believed in and what things I felt were superfluous or unnecessary or just, uh, I don't want to say theater, but were just meant for demonstrating belief to other people as opposed to having it
0: yourself. Awesome. And sort of like similarly on topic to me, at least, um, since you're an attorney, You deal with the word or at least the concept of justice a lot what does the concept of justice even mean to you uh
1: i think probably in the most simplistic terms for me it just means fairness it means getting some sort of result that is fair and reasonable to the people involved
0: and so i'm kind of picking your brain because i met you in college and in college you were transforming just like every person I knew, including myself, like in your identity and like who you are becoming the person you want to be. So how often did you feel that you were witnessing like injustice in your early formative years, all the way up until you decided to go to law school?
1: I think probably a
0: lot, never in a really dramatic way. But if
1: I felt like I saw somebody not being treated fairly in a, maybe just in a business transaction or maybe in a, store maybe just in the way someone was being spoken to or dealing with getting uh anything uh, getting a car repaired uh, purchasing something just any situation where i felt like someone was not being treated with respect and was being taken advantage of or uh, yeah that's the best that's the very general way to put it i think
0: Good, you're not a man of few words, but you're also not one to drag on and on. And I love talking to you right now. This is like a very interesting interview for me because you're very concise, which is what I associate with attorneys, so I love it. I have a million endless questions, so you're, you're doing a great job answering them, but I will never run out. It's what
1: we're paid to do.
0: My next question then would be like a kind of a combo question. Uh, you have spirituality on your side and you have a concept of justice. Has your sense of justice been more informed by your spirituality, or has your spirituality been more informed by your justice?
1: That's actually a very good question. I think probably my gut instinct is that the, my sense of justice and, and what is right and wrong or how, how people should be treated, especially within the system, is probably guided somewhat by my, my beliefs and my views of the universe and how it all kind of comes together.
0: And now we are at the exact point of this podcast, which is what is your opinion of the universe and how it all comes together? And this is where you can just have the floor, my friend. Um, Just what do you really think is going on here?
1: Uh, I certainly don't have the answer to that. I do know that I, I think it would be difficult to believe that all of this happens by chance and that there's not some sort of higher power that at least partially choreographs some of what is goes on on a day-to-day basis. Um, But I'm also not someone that believes in just waiting for things to happen uh, or to resolve themselves by just believing in them. So I think there's a need to actively work towards making improvements in certain systems and interactions and just the way that we all deal with each other. I think we can't wait for that to happen by itself, but I don't, um, I don't know that I have a, a, an answer for, you know, where the world is going or what is happening with it right now. I think that's, um, above my pay grade.
0: Very understandable. And, um, do you have any memories of times in your life where you have prayed where you've really like earnestly thought there is something or someone or some, yeah, just something that can, can hear my individual requests, my individual wishes. Have you ever like gone to that spot of spirituality?
1: Uh, Yeah, all the time. Um, I would say fairly, regularly. It's uh, very informal for me. It's more conversational, (laughs) but um, yeah, I would say all the time.
0: Awesome. So would you say, I'm I'm using the word God, but you can replace it, but would you say you have like a conversational relationship with God? Yes, I would say so. And I love that because I feel like I have the same one. So do you have any like, interesting stories that are like good for around the campfire of like moments where you've seen again my word god i don't care what word people use it makes no difference to me but just like the supernatural something beyond what science and modern technology has declared as fact and real
1: yeah and it's always been in the form of uh interactions with other people uh things that people have said to me at a certain moment where it's happens to be the exact thing that you know you, you needed to hear or you wanted to hear um you know a guy on the street one time a, a, a homeless guy i was uh, i was about to get into an argument with somebody and he walked over and sort of said like you know calm down not not today not not now not here um and it was a very bizarre interaction because it was a continued conversation for a couple minutes about me and my attitude and being calm and just like he was he was completely aware of everything that was going on with me. And this was a random person on the street. Um, so, you know, that is unexplainable by science, but you have to be, I think, kind of an idiot if you don't see that there's some. Some connection to something there.
0: You know, that would be like an awkward title, but I would try to write that book. You've got to be an idiot if you don't see there's something there. I feel like that's why I'm doing this podcast, but I don't actually think you're an idiot, and I know you don't think that either. It's more that like people will go out of their way to make very, very complicated excuses for what I feel like you just said is very obvious, which is that there's just more to it. There's just something more to all this, and then you have these interactions. And I totally agree. I've had like a lot of times where uh, even yesterday I was. I got an email and it was about a conversation with someone and trying to help them find life direction. And it like had the nugget of wisdom I needed to tweak my life direction on that day. So.
1: Yeah. I don't think that type of stuff is coincidental.
0: Yeah. I have a a very good friend who says, um, there's no such thing as a coincidence unless you believe in coincidences. And I think that's the best way to put it. Um, so that is the famous Lynn bunch. If anyone wants to look her up, um, Okay, so let, let me just ask the question I always try to ask by about this point of the podcast, which is, uh, what do you think actually happens when you die? Have you ever thought about that?
1: Uh, yes, I think about it regularly, um, and I have no good uh, answer. I you know I, I would like to think that all kinds of interesting things happen, um, and there's all kinds of peaceful, serene uh ending to the whole thing but i'm 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 afraid or concerned i don't want to use the word afraid but i i feel that and i'm concerned that unfortunately what probably happens is that's it and you no longer exist and that's the end of that
0: you know i've never thought to ask this but why is that unfortunate
1: um i guess it's not unfortunate it's just the uh the suddenness of it that i've always felt like uh you know, there's no transition. I think that's something that people don't think about, but it it maybe would make things easier for people. Like, if a, what if there was a one month transition between life and death, and you knew you knew that it was coming, and you could do certain things. And it's it's I think the suddenness of it that is so jarring for people is that literally one second you're talking to somebody and two seconds later, you're not. And that's it,
0: man. I knew this was going to be a good conversation and I'm so happy. I'm talking to you about this. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely my take. Um, I worked in, I didn't work. I volunteered in hospice for about three years and I just picked up so much anecdotal evidence to say that you are in my opinion, exactly right. There really is no transition. Um, so with that said, have you lost someone either tragically or normally and like really seen it close up?
1: No so it's interesting so it's never it's never
0: me personally and this is sort of a tie
1: in to what I do for a living it's always in my work i i see situations where somebody is driving to work and they're in a car accident and they're killed instantly um or they're in a fire in a house and uh they're killed while they're sleeping they don't even know that the house is on fire they're just asleep and then never get up the next day so uh, I see it a lot in my job, uh, as opposed to my personal life.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating. Um, and yeah, I mean, gosh, that's like, uh, it's weird. I don't know who I feel more sorry for. Like the person who doesn't even get the consciousness of I'm dying versus the person who loses their family member that way. It's, it's interesting. I always think about this kind of the, the para, uh, not paradigm, the paradox of, would you want to know you're dying or would you just want to go? And then as far as like, we always say, Oh, they died in their sleep. It was so peaceful, but is that really so great? Um, Do you think it's a transition if a person's like pounding on their chest as they die of a heart attack? Do you think that counts?
1: No, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I think unfortunately in a lot of at least the situations that I see, I think whenever there's a couple second delay, I think unfortunately these people are probably in, in mortal fear, they, they know what's coming. They've, they've got a slight inclination, um, during that couple second couple minute period where something bad is happening. Uh, they usually know it. And I think that's the most unfortunate way to go is to be completely terrified and know, even if it's for a half a second, but to have that knowledge that, that that's it.
0: Yeah. And I can say from the time I was in a nearly fatal bike accident, I knew I wasn't going to die. And I know that that's very arrogant because I lived to say that. So I do understand that for anyone listening who's thinking that right now. But with that said, I can't explain it, but I did. I just knew. But I want to couple that with something interesting, which is time totally slowed down. So I knew I was about to get in an MFR of an accident and that I was going to be very hurt. And it was a very slow, long, long 10th of a second, whatever it is. Um, So yeah, so what you said is actually magnified in my head as no, it probably won't even be half a second of terror. It'll be like an expanded, eternal moment of terror. Um, Have you experienced that time slowing down before? No, not
1: not necessarily. Uh, sometimes, sometimes in a similar, I think in any sort of situation where you have a lot of adrenaline and there's something scary or alarming or tense going on, I think that things do sometimes slow down. But that's also it's it's dependent upon the person. Some people it speeds up, so some people it slows down, some people it speeds
0: up. That's a great point. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, actually I think that's probably has a lot to do with fight, flight and stay. Um, so, okay. So you were talking about law and you were talking about people dying. So I now want to get into kind of like morality of it all. So I'm going to, I mean, it's a basic question, but I just want to double check. So is murder wrong according to your belief system, justice and spirituality?
1: Yes. According to my general, (laughs) according to the the Morgan system, yes, uh, I would say so.
0: (laughs) Good. Um, so where does the Morgan system differ from the U.S. system, and how does that work in your head and your life? Like, uh, I am not implying that you do not respect every law we have. I'm just assuming you don't, because I don't know a single person who does. So how do you reconcile those two things, since you are an attorney, so the game is, like, played at a higher level for you?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things that are a bit of a, a stretch. Um there are a lot of things that are criminalized that don't really have any moral impact at all. I mean, marijuana would be the easiest example. And, and, and it's funny because I don't even care because I don't use it. And so it's not a personal thing for me. Uh, in, in other words, I'm not an advocate for it because I want to be able to do it. Um, cause I just, I just don't, It's just not for me. Just like some people don't like to drink. Um, but, you know, morally, no one in the universe, God, you know, aliens, the great spirit, whatever, whatever's running the whole show, no one cares if you want to smoke some weed. No, nobody cares. So the fact that we've taken a thing that really has no moral implication that, that the universe doesn't really care about and sent people to jail for it, that's a that's a little bit ridiculous.
0: We have a mutual friend who may or may not be listening to this because he's listened to some, and uh, I actually hope to have him on. He's a parole officer, and he hated that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you know. know who I'm speaking of. Yeah, but it's funny because I talked to him. He's smart, and he's has every right to his opinions. But this subject does come up a lot because his job is to still enforce the ongoing system. And so a criminal is a criminal is a criminal, and he has to do his job that way. The same way you're an attorney, um, and I believe there are certain things you have to do that you may not want to actually let's just ask that right now. As an attorney, are there things you ever have to do that you don't want to?
1: Not for me. I'm fortunate enough to work a lot in the civil system and not the criminal system, which is very different. Um, we're not dealing with people being incarcerated. We're not dealing with the the harshness and the severity of the impact that a criminal matter has. Uh, you know, it's still serious. We're dealing with money. We're dealing with things that are important to people, um, but...
0: Well, don't you deal with, ne- um, with negligence?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So we've never discussed that on this podcast. This would be a good space for it. Um, negligence, is it a crime? Yes or no? Why? And, and connect it to your spirituality and your sense of justice.
1: Well, so it depends on the level of negligence. That's actually a good question. So so like in this we can actually use uh, I like to use current events to to talk about these things because it helps people relate. Let's look at the let's look at the building that collapsed down in Florida a few weeks ago. So uh, guaranteed there will be criminal and civil actions brought as a result of that. The people who are responsible for the maintenance of the building will be charged criminally with manslaughter probably. Um, which is essentially the negligent killing of another person that you should have been able to avoid because you had some information available to you that would have given you the ability to avoid it and you chose not to. Um, And then there's also going to be a million, the civil lawsuits have already been filed, actually. Uh, There's already a couple lawsuits filed. Um, And all of those people are going to sue, again, the people that were responsible for the maintenance of the building, uh, for wrongful death, for saying, well, your negligence caused these people to die in this accident. So you're going to see both and you know, yes, morally, does that make sense to me? In other words, does it make sense to me that a person who knew that the concrete in the building was in significant disrepair and chose to go, "Ah, I'll worry about it later, it's not a big deal." That that as a result all of these people died and that as a result that person will be punished? Yes, I think that is accurate and fair and just
0: very cool um so where do you check in how do you know that it god spirit in the sky source doesn't care about marijuana but god spirit in the sky source does care about negligence like how where do you come with that knowingness and i know that's an impossible question but i also know you can answer it
1: yeah you're right i can (laughs) uh your your prediction is accurate. I think it's when it crosses the line between something that doesn't really affect other people and something that does affect other people. I think that's generally the barometer, honestly, of the whole world need the way, the way things need to function, which is we all need to do our own thing and be happy and do things that make us happy and live our life as free and as completely as we can. But, you can't do that at then the expense of somebody else's ability to do that so when your free loving happy lifestyle means that you've built five additions onto your house and now it's hanging over your neighbor's house and you've got a party deck on top and you go up there one night with all your friends and it falls onto your neighbor's house and kills everybody you've now taken your enjoyment of life and you've caused it to interfere with somebody else's enjoyment so that's, that's in my opinion, where the line is crossed, when your actions then start to interfere with somebody else's ability to enjoy the peace and serenity of their life.
0: And so, again, keeping to what you're really an expert at, which is the um, civil litigations and not criminal, how often do civil laws actually prevent death versus how often do people just have to make a mistake and be punished to learn? Like, what is your take on that from your experience as an attorney?
1: I think I have seen a lot of situations where, like, uh, products have been made safer or improvements have been made in systems. I mean, I think, again, if we use the Florida case as an example, um... I think you will probably see increased scrutiny of buildings as a result of that accident. And you will see increased scrutiny of specifically buildings that are built on sand by the ocean where there's salt air and water. And so, you know, yes, will something result from that that will possibly save other people's lives? Yes, I think probably there will.
0: So, Morgan, you're from Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and even though you uh, can talk a mean, cynical game when you feel like it, I know that you're full of love. And so I want to ask you a question that's couched as a joke, but it's actually serious to kind of end this podcast. Can we all get along? Will it ever happen? Do you see it happening? Is it possible?
1: Uh, I worry about it sometimes. Uh, I worry. I think that uh, I don't know why. But we've done such a good job of creating separations uh, from each other. We've done such a good job of creating ways that we're all different uh, in, through money and jobs and living situations, and just everything, every aspect of, of culture and life and society. And we've we've done such a great job of separating ourselves from each other that um it's hard it's hard i think people want to be able to come together but i think it's difficult for somebody that works two jobs and you know they're your bartender at some fancy steakhouse and you want to pretend like they're your friend and you, you guys talk when you're in there and it's your favorite bartender but you can't get around the fact that that person lives in a different world than you do, perhaps because they're working two jobs and taking the bus and whatever else it may be, and you're just there after work at four o'clock having a good time and having a drink. It's just that there's differences like that. That as much as I would love for everyone to be able to get past, I think human psychology makes it difficult.
0: Interesting. And actually, I forgot that your psychology was your major in college when I knew you. So you really went into law with a psychology base. So is psychology connected to spirituality or is it a disconnect?
1: No, it's not a disconnect. I, I think uh, psychology is just a, a, a fancy way of saying just, just understanding people, understanding their motivations, understanding why they feel certain ways or act. Certain ways, uh, you know, and at the risk of sounding like some sort of conceited jerk, I don't think it's actually very complicated, or there's a whole lot to it. I think it's a, a there's a lot of fancy terms and theories, and but the general concept of just kind of understanding people and understanding what motivates them to think and act in certain ways is actually not overly complicated.
0: That's awesome. And I, I tend to agree. And actually, it's funny, because if I were to think of all my many friends who I love, you would definitely be top of mind of people who I feel understand me. So do you agree? Do you feel like you understand me?
1: I do. I feel like there's a lot of people, especially people that we went to college with, that it's, uh, you know, it's it's not overly complicated um, to understand them. Some people are. There's a few people that are always a little bit tougher to figure out. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, it's, uh, it's not that hard.
0: Very cool. Well, I've had a fantastic time talking to you. I feel like I've actually gained so much from it. And it's funny because you mentioned earlier, sometimes you just have these random interactions that do it for you. And this was one of those times for me. So I, I've had a different attitude than I'm normally carrying through my day today. Uh, I have a daughter do in like probably less than a week and i'm just my mind's everywhere so you've really helped me think about a lot of things and more importantly you have helped uh, me and my audience put another nail in the coffin so morgan i want to thank you again profusely for taking time out of your very busy schedule for us and if there's anything you want to add uh, now is the time for that
1: no yeah, it was uh, it was my pleasure it was uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, i'm glad we could we could talk about uh, some of these things that i don't you know maybe maybe everyone doesn't talk about enough and maybe it would help all of the things that you and i were discussing today if people would just spend a little bit more time opening up and talking to each other about these things
0: well if there was ever a plug to listen and subscribe that was it folks um once again i am mike oppenheim and you have been listening to coffin talk exit interviews with the living uh, as always we will see you soon Song and I'm walking alone, walking alone.